Hello, Evergreen and online friends. We're starting a new series today about prayer, specifically all kinds of prayer. Now, when we talk about praying, we mean conversations that we have with God, wherever we are and whatever circumstances we're in. I don't know about you, but whenever I hear someone talk about praying, I think I should do more of that. What is that? Well, prayer, according to one ancient definition, is keeping company with God. So what does that look like? When we keep company with friends or family, we have all sorts of conversations going on. We share rants, we complain together, we cry or sit with no words at all. We let them know that we're at our wits end sometimes and we ask for help. We thank them for who they are and what they've done for us. We share our disappointments or celebrate our milestones and everything in between those two extremes. That's what our conversations with God can be too, only more raw and honest than with any human being. I think that's what the Apostle Paul had in mind in Ephesians 6.18 when he told us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So as we begin this series, I could think of no better place to start than the spilling your guts kind of prayers. In English, the word for these prayers is lament, and they are those conversations that we have with God when we are overcome by the presence of chaos or brokenness, suffering or death, or by a sudden awareness of our own human vulnerability. They are a cry for God to do something. This was my first prayer to God that I actually remember. You see, I didn't know what to do. My family was in chaos. It was an overwhelming moment. And I reached out to a God I didn't know yet, but I believed was there. And I prayed a simple prayer of lament, God, I don't know what to do, but help my family. You see, when we hurt physically, we respond with ouch initially. One author describes a prayer of lament as a loud religious ouch. A couple months ago, I had a bicycle spill. Those disc brakes on my new bike are a lot more effective than my 25-year-old bike had. I was riding with my grandkids and Jared, who were all ahead of me, when I made a last-minute decision to turn and hit the brakes a little too hard, and whoosh, over I went, hitting my elbow on the concrete in the process. I lay there for just a few seconds, groaning. Then I slowly stood up, holding that painful, bleeding elbow as I did. You know that groaning I just talked about? That's a lot like lament, except that sometimes we add words to our groans. And laments include all kinds of suffering and difficulty, not just physical pain. God, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't understand what's going on here, God. God, where are you? God, I can't take this anymore. God, why don't you do something already? God, what am I going to do? God, are you getting this? Do you see what's going on here? Q 2020. Let's review what we've been going through. We, yes, all of us together. A pandemic with masks and social distancing. Comprehensive distance learning or some form of homeschooling with our kids. Failed businesses, companies downsized, working from home on a massive scale, 
widespread wildfires, evacuations, loss of homes and property. Sports, art, music, and other performances shut down, and only some very recently reopening on a limited scale. Social injustice and protests in response to that, political discord and unbridled social media rants and reactions about all of it. It's been a very difficult year. You might say 2020 is a year of lament, of spilling our guts. Have any of you done some of that this past six months? The question is, who are we spilling our guts to? Are we able to be fully honest when we do? And is that all there is to lament, a sort of confessional for all the pent-up emotions and reactions to what we're facing? King David II and one of the most famous kings over Israel models prayers of lament for us. He penned many of what we call the Psalms, which are prayers, poems, or songs to God. And many of them are the spill your guts kind of prayers. Psalm 13 is a great example of one of David's laments. Here's how it goes. How long will you forget me, Lord? Forever? How long will you look the other way when I'm in need? How long must I be hiding daily anguish in my heart? How long shall my enemy have the upper hand? Answer me, O Lord, my God. Give me light in my darkness, lest I die. Don't let my enemies say we have conquered him. Don't let them gloat that I'm down. But I will always trust in you and in your mercy and shall rejoice in your salvation. I'll sing to the Lord because he has blessed me so richly. Wow, that's kind of a head turner. What do you notice about David's lament? I notice three things it has in common with many other laments. Number one, spilling your guts to God is proof of a caring relationship with him. Make him your first choice to share what's going on in your life. Instead of a threat to your relationship, which is what some people feel, it is proof of it. David downloaded a lot of stress, anger, anxiety, fear, and even vengeful, judgmental thoughts with God. And because God had his attention, he was able to receive God's care, fresh faith and perspective, even when he was in the middle of being tracked like an animal by his predecessor, King Saul. Dr. Russell Moore in his book, Adopted for Life, describes going to the orphanage in Russia as he and his wife were in the process of pursuing adoption. He said the silence from the nursery was eerie. The babies in the cribs never cried, not because they never needed anything, but because they had learned that no one cared enough to answer. Children who are confident of the love of a caregiver cry. Now for us, our vent, when taken to our Father in heaven, is proof of our relationship with God, our connection to the best caregiver ever. Have you ever thought about what it would be like if King David would have had social media at his fingertips? Would he have been tempted to bypass God for the ease of a quick post? We often skip spilling our guts to God and go straight to social media or text with a friend. This comes with a lot of baggage, friends, and it offers none of the perspective that God gives us when we talk with Him and are reminded of who He is 
And the good news is no internet required. The second thing I learned from David's lament is to be honest with God. You don't have to dress up your language or your feelings. Tell him how you really feel because the safest person and place in the world is in the presence of God. When I read the Psalms, I notice the honesty that David and the other authors write with. His emotions are all, all over the place in his laments. I mean, he's angry, he's explosive, he's remorseful, he's complaining, he's loud, anxious, vengeful, and yes, self-pitying, woe is me. In Psalm 13, David shares his frustration and perhaps even a little sarcasm. How long will you forget me, Lord, forever? Now, David accuses God of looking the other way. Are you afraid to be that honest with God? Have you ever accused him of anything? You know, you don't have to be. Listen as Angela Lorenzo, one of our evergreen parents and someone who's a parent support leader for a bunch of schools in the region, shares a prayer of lament from her own heart and the hearts of those she hears from each day. Let this set you free in your own conversations with God. Dear Lord Jesus, as parents we are here in this space needing to lament and tell you all the things. Some of us here are tired, like real deal, up in the middle of the night with a newborn tired. We barely slept and are not sure where to find the energy to face the parenting day ahead. Other of us are juggling one on the hip, chasing a toddler and hoping a breakfast of gogur and goldfish counts as balanced. Some of us have teens in our homes and are tiptoeing around, hoping not to trigger big emotions. We maneuver social media things, big time talks with big issues, all while trying to ignore the hazmat situation in their bedroom. We rush and hurry along because school, work, and life demand way too much. In this bustle, sometimes our parenting frustration spills out onto our kids. We desperately want to pull those harsh words back. We feel ill-equipped and parent guilt is ready to pull up the chair and have a little chat. The nagging voice tells us we are not good enough. We do not have what it takes to parent well. We, we replay the guilt tape a little too long and now shame wants to hang out. And Jesus, this is all before 9 a.m. Some of us have, have reheated our coffee three times. Let's talk about parenting during a global pandemic. We are hoping to be productive while our kids magically turned into students. We can't even with all the new educational jargon. We are synchronous and asynchronous while trying to make our internet stretch for 500 Zoom meetings. We are unsure of how to meet the individual needs of our children within our new school settings. Some of us doubt our pandemic school choice. We were trying to put on a smile anyway. We see glimmers of resilience, but also recognize the warning signs of emotional and mental health at risk. The cycles of worry seem unrelentless. We are weary, God. In this process of lamenting Jesus, you hold space for us, a space to let it all spill out. You say, it's okay, come here, tell me, there's room for all that you are feeling. You nudge us to look up at you and see your face. You gently begin to soothe away our worry lines and wipe away our tears. You whisper truths of being enough. You provide a peace that we cannot understand. You are the anchor during the chaos. You ask us to give our burdens to you. Remind us that your plans for our kids are good and filled with hope. Help us find stillness 
and know in our core that you are with us. Amen. Parents, Jesus sees you and hears you. Evergreen, whatever you are going through, he cares and wants to sit with you and hear about it. Jesus prayed some spill your guts prayers to his father too. In Luke 22, 41 through 44, we read this lament from Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. That's amazing. You see, what did he tell his father? He told the father, if you can get this done any other way, please do. He shared with his father what he was really feeling and thinking at his most difficult defining moment. Hours later on the cross, Jesus offers several prayers of lament, but probably none of them more heart-wrenching than Matthew's account, who writes that as he hung on the cross at about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I would like us to soak up this truth, friends. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. A friend of mine was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer five days ago. It's in her bones. Her lament was short, but nonetheless so powerful. Cancer sucks. God is able. You see, lament prayers in the New Testament may be a simple complaint, as brief as my friends and as brief as Mary and Martha's telling Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How did Jesus respond to that little prayer to him? With a huff of indignation and a, how dare you question me in my timing? Not at all. Instead, Jesus was deeply moved in spirit, it says, and he was troubled. And then it says two profound words, Jesus wept. He knows the hard things that we're going through. He is moved with compassion for us. He weeps with us. We have a tendency to want to get straight to the happy ending, but sometimes the happy ending, there isn't one. And sometimes it's later than we want. We see, we need to stay in the spill your guts moment of grief with God. God's big story has a happy ending, but he does not rush to get there. You may be in a marriage where one partner wants out or doing your senior year of high school online or schooling with your child with special needs or struggling to make ends meet as you watch your company downsize yet again or working from home while trying to school your own children or trying to rebuild after losing your home in one of the wildfires or struggling to find ways to earn a living after your recent college graduation 
or faced with mounting medical bills for a disease that simply won't go away, or loving with a, living with a spouse who's slowly losing their grip on reality because of dementia. You see, friends, we're not comfortable with distress. Get us back to the happy ending, Jesus. But laments are the prayers we offer while we're waiting and when the happy ending does not happen this side of heaven. Laments are proof of a real and caring relationship with God that includes being honest. And the third thing we see out of David's lament in Psalm 13 and other laments in the Bible is that lament leads us to a place where we see who God is. Many laments in the Bible end with acknowledging who God is and renewed hope in spite of our unchanged circumstances. Lamentations is a whole book in the Old Testament devoted to Jeremiah the prophet griping to God. And boy, does he have a long list of gripes. He can make you feel good. He lets God know how he feels about the destruction of and misery in the city of Jerusalem. He lets him know how he feels about the Lord's anger with his people and his own personal sufferings and the sins of the priests and the prophets and the affliction and captivity of God's people and the fact that God has power to do something about it all, but he hasn't yet. So in the middle of all his lamenting, as he's spilling his guts and his gripes out, hope is stirred by remembering who God is. Listen as I read these words out of Lamentations 3. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over to myself. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who patiently or passionately waits and to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. Quietly hope for help from God. So back to my friend. Cancer sucks. God is able. That's my friend's lament in five words. What about you today? What's your story? Most of us are living in the uncertainty of a pandemic with the chaos of a difficult political season. And in those two huge things, we all have our own story going on that involves losses and financial insecurity, parenting and marriage struggles, schooling of our kids and political strife. What would your lament be if you put it into five words? Maybe 2020 sucks, God is faithful. Maybe plans change, God's purpose prevails. Or maybe I feel, felt this one, COVID's scary, God is bigger. Here's something interesting. My friend that just found out her cancer had metastasized to her bones, she found out early in that process because she had COVID-19 and had to have several scans because of symptoms from the virus. You see, friends, 
God does not waste anything difficult in our lives. He cares about it all. Let's come to him. Let's be just rawly honest with him and renew our hope as he reminds us of who he is. I'd like to pray for you. Jesus, thank you that you are ever present, that you promise to never leave us or forsake us, no matter how we feel, no matter how bad things get in our world, you will not leave us alone. And so Lord, in that, I pray that each friend that's watching this right now, Lord, would really come to you with what's going on in their life. And Lord, that you would renew their hope even as their circumstances take time to be changed. Lord, I pray for people who have lost things, people, homes, property, jobs, finances, hours that they wish they had, Lord, to devote to other things besides schooling. Lord, I pray for them that they would share that with you. And in that, Lord, that you'd show them more of who you are. Reveal yourself to us. That's our prayer, Lord, in the middle of our rawest complaints. Reveal yourself and let us draw near to you. In Jesus' name, amen.